This is Robert from Nostalgic Radiant Cars. Like most of you, I drive a car or a truck. Well, occasionally, I need tires or just a simple plug or patch. Well, my friends down at Just Tires is the place to go when that need arises. Give them a call at 727-585-9271. They have a convenient location right at 1645 Clearwater Largo Road. You can't miss them. So for all your tire needs, cars, trucks, trailers, new used or just a repair, give Just Tires a call. 727-585-9271. Oh, yeah, and be sure and check out their website, JustTires.net. Do you ever feel the need for speed? Well, experience the thrill of indoor karting at Tampa Bay Grand Prix, located at 12350 Automobile Boulevard in Clearwater. Call 727-527-8464. They have state-of-the-art electric carts racing around quarter-mile road circuit. Bring your family, friends, and teammates for some speed, fun, and competition at Tampa Bay Grand Prix Indoor Karting Facility. Call 727-527-8464. Visit their website at tampabaygp.com. Right here in my greasy all-American rock and roll rhythm and blues hands is another letter asking Uncle Ted. Thanks for your communication at TedNugent.com and all you guys on TalkBack. I salute my TalkBack blood brothers. Here we have another one from a young guy. Dear Uncle Ted, love that spirit of the wild, baby. It seems that all your hunting is done over bait. Do you do any other type of hunting? Keep the spirit wild, Michael in Indiana. Well, you know, I got to tell you, what is a mock scrape? That would be bait. What is a natural scrape? That would be bait. What is a cornfield? Bait. What is a food plot? Bait. What is dough urine? Bait. What is a funnel? I'd like to think that since it is an attractant to the target animal, that even a funnel can be bait. Spilled corn? A man put that there. This man often puts spilled corn there. I use Heartland Wildlife Institute food plots and and game feed and nutritional supplements. You know, i got to tell you, there are guys in the hunting world that hate hunters who put on deer drives. Deer drives are cool. I've actually been criticized for ambushing deer. <laughs> what is hunting if it's not ambushing the animal that you're after? i got to tell you, everybody got to take a deep breath. Bait is a wonderful method for killing deer. I never go fishing without a worm on my hook, baby. we all got to relax and embrace all the legal methodologies that your fellow hunters pursue and appreciate and choose. Isn't the American dream really about choice? I use feeders. I use corn. I use apples. Even when I'm hunting in an apple orchard, I need to repeat this like I have in the past. If I'm hunting an apple orchard late in the season when there's no more apples, who's to say I can't bring a few apples and put them there, because most apple orchards were planted by man. So that's man-created bait. Bait is legal where it's legal, and where it isn't legal, it should be legal, because it's one of the best ways, just like when you're bear hunting, to determine the best shot for the quickest, most humane kill, and if it's a desirable animal or not. So if you don't want to use bait, by all means don't. But if you're using bucklure, you're hunting over bait. If you're hunting on a rub line, the rub line is the bait to bring the animals to you. If you're hunting over a scrape or a deer trail, that's bait in various forms. So be sure that you support your fellow hunters in the chosen methodology of their preference so that we're all united, so that we can really stop the real enemy, and that's people that want to ban all hunting. If we waste our time trying to ban each other's chosen method of hunting, then we're actually helping the anti-hunters. And I say, if it's legal where you hunt, enjoy it 
support it and encourage others to support our choices in the American dream of hunting, fishing, and trapping and the shooting sports. Keep them Ask Uncle Ted questions coming at tednugent.com. Come to talk back and share your ideas, but ultimately unite and be sure you're a member of Safari Club International and the National Rifle Association so that we can all crush the anti-hunters together. See you here next time. Hi, I'm Paul Kelly, a driver of the Chattanooga Choo Choo Jet Dragster, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, listeners, welcome. You are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am your show host, Robert. Hey, run your computers and Google Tantalk1340.com. You can check us out here live in the studio in sparkling downtown Clearwater. Be sure and visit our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Hey, don't forget to check out our podcast, too, Nostalgic Radio and Cars, which is also on our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. If you've missed any of our past shows, they're dated all the way back to show one, which next week, by the way, we will have our three-year anniversary coming up. Hey, don't forget to like us on Facebook. Also on our website, be sure and check out our stuff page. Okay, we got some pretty cool stuff there. We still have some t-shirts, and, of course, we have some decals. Okay? So, stick around. we got a great show, and we have a very, very, very special guest tonight, a returning alumni guest. And as usual, at the beginning of the show, there was a clue who our guest is going to be. And if you listened to our show last week, I announced who our guest is going to be. If you checked out our website, you will know who our guest is going to be. If you checked out our Facebook, you know who our guest is going to be. And I am excited who our guest is going to be. So... Let me give you a couple of little rundowns real quick. Don't forget, this weekend in Howie in the Hills, up there by Mount Door, is Festivals of Speed. It's going to be a great event. There's going to be hundreds and hundreds of cars. It's at a beautiful resort. It's up at the Mission Inn Resort up in Howie in the Hills. It's great. Yours truly will be up there, of course. Checking out all the really cool cars, and I'll be doing some judging. For some reason, they like me, and they'll let me judge some of the cars. So if you get a car, you're going to bring it up there. still have time to register it, so go to the Festivals of Speed website, and you can get your car in there. This weekend, the big, big, big event, of course, is over at the Florida Fairgrounds, okay? It's the Funshine Festival, or Funshine Music Festival, I stand corrected. And it's the Midwest Rock and Roll Express. And guess what? Our buddy, our alumni guest, Ted Nugent, will be performing there with... Ario Speedwagon and Sticks. So, guys, you should put that on your calendars because that should be a very, very, very fun, fun weekend. Hey, you know they got this little thing called baseball, and I guess we're in baseball season now. And something that I'm, I don't really follow ball sports that much. In fact, I probably don't know the difference between a baseball and a football. I think one's kind of oval shaped, one's kind of round. I think they both have stitches, and that's about all I know. And um, so, at any rate, now that it's baseball season, the Dunedin Blue Jays are in town, and they will be playing from now until the end of August. So, consequently, what's happening is we are going to get our schedule moved around. Now, not every weekend, but starting next week on Wednesday, we will be airing our show at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. I'm kind of looking forward to that because it's going to maybe have us uh, exposed to a new crowd of people. So looking forward to that. It's going to broaden us out a little bit. So be sure and tune in next week. Next week, that would be, what is next week? May 8th, okay? We will be at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. But the good news is, is they will rerun the show 
after the Blue Jays game, after Artie Fletcher, our buddy, our in-house comedian, okay, we will be on after him. So we're going to get the run. You're going to get to hear us twice. So if you can't make it at 3 o'clock, you'll get to hear the same show uh, in the evening, probably somewhere around 8 or 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock or something like that. So that's good. Now, the week after, we'll be back to our regular time. So And next week, we may have a special guest. Next week also happens to be our three-year anniversary show. Actually, we started May 13th. It was on a Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, actually, May 13th, three years ago. I sat down in this very studio, and uh, I was extremely nervous. And uh, we did our first show. If you want to, if you really want to laugh and giggle and see how the show has actually evolved, go to our podcast, Nostalgic Radio and Cars, okay, and you can go back in our archives and you can hear our first show. Cedric, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. Okay, how are we doing time-wise? You got that turntable spinning yet? The little black I have of the bu- turntable spinning. Okay, let's go ahead and uh, fire up that first song, and then we will bring our guests on here in a little bit. It's going to be exciting. Back in the wild again And I feel right at home Where I belong I had that feeling Coming over me again Just like it happened So many times before Is like an old good friend Makes me feel warm and good inside And I knew his name And it was good to see him again Cause in the wind he's still alive Oh, Red Bear Walk with me down the trails again Take me Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hi, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. If you'd like to play golf, Magnolia Valley Golf Club is offering some specials this week. Give them a call up there at 727-847-2342. They have a 9-hole executive course, and they have an 18-hole par 72. And they've got great food on the 19th hole. So call my friend Pete at 727-847-2342. 
And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Hey, this is Jimmy Shine from SoCal Speed Shop and the host of Car Warriors. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't touch that dial. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And hey, one more thing. Give us a call here at the studio, 727-441-3000. That's 727-441-3000. I have tickets. Tickets, my friends. I got three sets of tickets. That's six tickets. So you call in. Anybody that calls in gets tickets to Festivals of Speed this weekend at the Mission Inn Resort in Howie in the Hills. Give us a call here at the studio, 727-441-3000. It's interview time. Okay, we're back, and you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and it's time to introduce our special, I mean truly, really special guest for the evening, okay? This guy has been on our show before, but i got to tell you, I am thrilled to introduce a real, true American patriot, a family man, a sportsman, a rock and roll living legend, the Motor City Madman himself, Ted Nugent. Ted, are you there? Welcome to the show. Robert, thank you. I feel welcome, and there's no question that you deserve me, because we both live, we both genuflect at the altar of truth, logic, common sense, and the American way. God bless you, man. Absolutely. Well, now, hey, congratulations, you're on tour again. you got this really neat Midwest Rock and Roll Express tour going on. You're going to be in Tampa next week, so tell us a little bit about this. Why not? You people need me on that hill. You want me on that hill. No, I'm the luckiest guitar player in the world. I mean, I was born in Detroit in 1948, and it was just the epicenter of a Herculean work ethic and the most productive, you know, society in the history of humankind and the neighborliness and the goodwill will and the, the friendliness, the positive energy, the, just the, 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 the no-crime zone of people that work really, really hard to be the best they can be. So here it is, 2013, at the tender age of 64 years, clean and sober, my guitar does not gently weep. I got the best band in the world, Mick Brown on drums, Greg Smith on bass guitar, the mighty Funk Brothers, and Derek St. Holmes from Detroit. So the music has never been more fun. It's never been more intense. We are the tightest band since James Brown and the Famous Flames. REO and Sticks are better than they've ever been. These guys got just unlimited piss and vinegar and energy. They love the music, the passion, the the uh, the, the, the absolute demand for excellence is so contagious. So yeah, 2013, best tour of my life, man. I'm a lucky guy. And we're coming to Florida because you people need me. Now, how many tours are you doing? In, you're doing St. Augustine, you're doing Tampa... Uh, well, this is just in the first run. We're doing the uh, Midwest oh, really? Rock and Roll Express. Of course, the Nugent Tour is called Black Power 2013 because we're paying tribute, as we have every year since, geez, for 50 years, I'm sure I've always celebrated by name the reason that there's any good music in the world. You know, Howard Wolf and Muddy Waters and Bo Diddley and Chuck Berry and Little Richard and James Brown and Wilson Pickett and the Motown Funk Brothers. So all the greatest music in the world is what inspires every great musician. And, and you'll see it in Ario and Sticks and certain in the Nugent Band, but we we pay homage and reverence to those black founding fathers that created this soulful soundtrack of defiance that can only happen in America. Maybe, maybe Robert, you can tell me the last really cool song you heard from a French band. Uh, my point <laughs> being is that 
the Ario and Sticks Nugent tour goes into uh, the end of May, and then I go bear hunting because the Canadian bear need me and my bow and arrow. And uh, then we go back on the road in July and August uh, on our solo tour. And uh, if it wasn't for uh, my sore knees and the government, life would be perfect. Well, let me ask you a question. <laughs> yeah, for all of us, right? But anyway, so last year you did the Great White Buffalo Tour. And by the way, when you were here at Ruth Eckert, that was an amazing concert. It was the first concert my son, who you met at backstage, had ever been to. He was so impressed. I mean, you did an excellent job. I mean, I, Well, yeah, and, and that's, uh, that goes right to the heart and soul of the uh, uh, quality of life prior priorities that I figured out a long time ago, Robert, what your son saw was a band who puts their heart and soul into every song, every concert, every lick, every night, the greatest crew in the world, the absolute hardest working professionals, my my production team, my management, and everybody at Ruth Eckert Hall. I mean, again, we just don't hang out with schleps and hippies. We hang out with real dedicated work ethic monsters all across this land. So what your son saw was the original American dream of being the best that you can be so i cannot brag enough about my band and my crew and my entire team and it's, it's great that a lot of young people i mean incredible uh a demographic of you know little kids six seven eight into the teenage years and 20s and 30s those are kids by the way to me uh we have just a cross-section of america and humanity at every concert because they they probably watched ted nugent spirit of the wild the number one show on outdoor channel for what 24 years now and they know that uh we kick maximum ass every night so it's a good lesson about the american dream of excellence for the youngsters don't you think absolutely and i gotta tell you i mean my son's 15 and he knows probably more of your songs than i do and a lot of the rock and roll bands out of the 60s and 70s and the thing is is he was so impressed because just like you said your heart and soul was in it it was a really true performance i mean well you uh, can see the passion you know and i yes. gotta tell you your son i you know obviously you're raising a good kid based on logic and how about the u.s constitution the bill of rights the ten commandments the golden rule the declaration of independence and ted nugent music are you kidding me Absolutely. <laughs> the point being is that you know as i teach my kids and grandkids and you i had my kids with me that night some of my kids and my beautiful wife shemaine and we spend a lot of time in florida we got a place down there and i got lots of friends but we also have to impress upon you know younger people that is uh, as intoxicating as music and good performances are great performances are we also have to always remember that the real stars of humanity are the welders and the plumbers and the electricians and the carpenters and the mechanics and the cops and the teachers so yeah the rock and roll dogs get an awful lot of adulation and uh, so-called celebrity you know uh, respect but the real celebrities in our lives that bring real quality of life in America are those uh, working hard, playing hard mechanics and welders and the people that provide our services that, you know, make our life so easy and cushy. So I, I make sure I always emphasize that in my interviews and my writings. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the backbone of America, you know, them and the farmers, you know. And, and those radio guys, the radio the, guys, the ranchers and the farmers. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> well, anyway, so now last year you did a lot of tours. And are you going to do as many this year as you did last year? Yeah, you know, I was uh, kind of crippled up last year. Like I said, I'm 64 years old, um, but because I'm clean and sober, everything still works really good. <laughs> I haven't destroyed anything with drugs or alcohol or tobacco or stupid food. So uh, I'm really, really feeling my oats and really, really very healthy, except for my very wounded knees from 
jumping off those amplifiers for about 5,000 concerts. So my knees were quite shattered, and I was on some special, uh, special pain medicine and some braces and some therapeutic activities last year. And we did just about 80 concerts last year, I think 78 or, or 80 concerts. And we'll probably do the same amount this year. And that's wow. what I do, Robert. I tour like an animal, an absolute rhythm and blues rock and roll dog possessed uh, all through the spring and summer every year, as long as I get my turkey hunting and my bear hunting in. And then uh, September, October, November, December, January, and February, I just hunt and fish and trap and guide and outfit people on wonderful hunting, hunting adventures around the world. So I've really got my passions dialed in from the musical adventure with the greatest virtuosos that I've ever you could ever dream to be surrounded by. And then I return to the primal scream of hunting and fishing and trapping and uh, real hands-on conservation. That's why, again, uh, Spirit of the Wild has been rated number one all these years, because it's an honest documentary about the way that I live. So I will rock like an idiot nonstop through the summer, and then I go hunting. Well, let me ask you this. Now, the Outdoor Channel is primarily just shows about outdoor sports, shooting, sure. guns, hunting, uh, hiking, uh, just all kinds of stuff in general, right? Sure. And the overall outdoor lifestyle, but ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, the consumer responsibility of hunting, fishing, and trapping, and how uh, a proper managed wildlife environment provides us food, shelter, clothing, medicine, tools, and ultimately spirit. But yeah, we, we're killing more deer and elk and buffalo, and there's more bear and cougar and deer and, and wild turkey and geese than ever in recorded history today. Once again last year, Robert, our uh, sportsmen, the NRA, NRA members and all the different hunting organizations. We have a Hunters for the Hungry program. We distributed again, like 25 years later, 250 million hot, pure, nutritious, delicious meals of venison to soup kitchens and homeless shelters across this country. So again, hunting, fishing, and trapping is where our lives come from, and more and more people are waking up to that today, and I'm real happy about that. Yeah, and it's fundamental. It's basics, you know, and it's a form of survival, you know, and if you have to, it's grassroots as well, right? And it, and probably the most important element here in 2013 has been ravaging uh, for many years now is this embarrassing and soulless culture war by people who claim that animals have rights and that animals are equal to children. And, and you know, I mean, the president of the United States, Barack Obama, appointed uh, 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 this, this animal rights freak. Uh, I can't even remember. Remember his name now? Geez, I always talk about it. We got fired here recently, um, and and he he literally believes that animals and humans, just like PETA and the Humane Society of the United States, uh, they believe that animals are equal to our children, to a little boy and a little girl. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I don't eat little boys and little girls, but I <laughs> eat rabbits. Um, it's just there's a soulless culture war uh, going on that literally hunting is perfect wildlife respect. That's how you respect them, by harvesting the surplus, utilizing them for food and, and all the proper, you know, functions of, of renewable resource management and utility. And they've got people that would ban perfection, just like we have these numbnuts, like the gun-running attorney general, that would ban the Second Amendment, would ban you and my right to self-defense if he could. So the culture war is insidious, it's, uh, it's soulless, it's demented, uh, and the people that are against self-defense, like our president, and the people that are against hunting, like, you know, the, 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 the czars under Barack Obama, yeah, the, these people are sick and twisted, and they're, uh, they're, they're, they're rotten people that are against nature and, and life itself, because my family eats venison, just like 50 
million American families do. Well, you know what's interesting? Let's just take, uh, what is the company in Arkansas, that uh, the Tyson, the chicken company? So sure. you, you tell me what's different about, and, and we're on the same page, taking chickens and, and cultivating them, so to speak, and basically they're harvesting them, they're processing them, they're, it turns it into food. What's different about that than what you do, which in a way, yours is probably more humane. Well, way, way more humane and way more responsible. My, my pheasants and quail and grouse and woodcock and ducks and geese, um, not to mention the squirrels and the rabbits and the deer and the antelope and the bear and the mountain lion, when we eat that sacred flesh, there's no chemicals in it. There's no assembly line. And I do salute the farmers and ranchers, of the, especially America, because the great, the great uh, uh, agriculture model in America uh, by the farmers and the ranchers in this country, they feed the world. So we salute them, and we're all for chickens by the billions. In fact, I think we're approaching a trillion chickens a year. So I haven't quite killed that many pheasants yet. But yeah, the way with the way that we provide food for our families through hunting is the most responsible and the most environmentally positive you can possibly imagine. I recently went up in a helicopter in Texas after the good governor Perry and Attorney General Greg Abbott legalized citizens using helicopters to uh, reduce this dangerous environmentally uh, 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 vulgar overpopulation of hogs. And we go up in helicopters with machine guns and we kill them by the tens of thousands. And number one, it's really fun. It's really a lot of fun. But we also <laughs> save the environment, save wildlife from the incredible destruction of the hogs, save tax dollars, create jobs. All the hunters come in and spend thousands of dollars on food, lodging, licenses, permits, fees, sporting goods, restaurants, you know, travel, rent-a-cars, guides, outfitters. And then we take this pure organic pork and distribute it to homeless shelters and soup kitchens. I mean, Robert, you got to be kidding me. Everything I just mentioned is so beneficial to the environment, so beneficial to everybody and everything, yet the idiots on drugs, all the people who hate Ted Nugent are either on LSD, getting ready to do more LSD, or act like they're on LSD. (laughs) Because what I just mentioned is not only perfect for wild hog overpopulation and saving the environment and raising money for good causes, but it also is being attacked. I'm, I'm, I'm condemned for doing these perfect things by mindless Barack Obama fans. So, so be it. Uh, I'm doing good, and idiots hate me. I couldn't be more proud. Now, you, know, you mentioned the wild boars. Now, don't we have a problem with that in North Florida and Georgia and some of those states, too, where they got... Yes, absolutely. You've got to increase the uh, the attraction to kill more of them because, again, your tax dollars are going to compensate agriculture and the hogs are destroying the environment. And I know that you have to have vast amounts of ground, but certainly in Georgia and certainly in Florida, uh, with their vast Everglades and their vast swampage and, and marshes, you should certainly legalize the use of helicopters for the citizens because it would create incredible amount of jobs and revenues. And, and, and like I said, every hunter that would love, and believe me, there are millions of them out there to get in the helicopter and shoot hogs with their ARs, um, <laughs> uh, it would create jobs. It would, it would, they would buy Permits and licenses and fees and hotels and motels and restaurants and groceries and, and sporting goods and supplies and hire guides and out. Are you kidding me? So the answer is the model we created in Texas, legalizing killing of hogs 
it, with un, unrestricted by any means necessary. You know, short of what the government was going to do, Robert, they were going to have this massive poisoning campaign. Well, of course, when you go on a massive poisoning campaign, like the government used to do with coyotes and wolves and bears, then all the non-target animals get the poison, and you get golden eagles and bald eagles and songbirds and all kinds of critters that you don't target to kill, and they get killed too, so the helicopter hog control is the ultimate perfect answer. So we need to get uh, my friends in Florida and Georgia to legalize that like we did in Texas. It's, it's, it's uh, the amount of fun. Robert, you haven't lived until <laughs> you get in a helicopter with a machine gun and shoot pigs. It's phenomenal. You know, I, I could digress and go someplace else with that, but we can't, but it's not open season on them yet. Yes, indeed. So, we must be uh, respectful <laughs> to some pigs, shall we? <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, exactly. Anyway, uh, okay, you're now on, so your concert here in Tampa is on May 4th over at the, uh, the, uh, Tampa Fairgrounds. Oh, the name of the amphitheater kind of escapes me right now. Yeah, boy, I, I got my book here somewhere, but I forget the name of it. You know what? People will find it, and they'll have the time of their lives, I promise. Okay. But anyway, but the next day, you're going to be in Houston at an NRA convention, right? Yeah, I uh, literally right after our concert in Tampa on the 4th at the uh, Live Nation Amphitheater, I literally fly to Houston, Texas for my National Rifle Association annual family event presentation. And let's let's just identify what the National Rifle Association is, even though Barack Obama lies, and Hillary Clinton lies, and the vice president lies, and Eric Gunrunning Holder lies, and of course Nancy, my favorite, you don't need to read this, you need to sign it, Pelosi, she lies, and Barbara Boxer lies, and Dianne Feinstein lies, these people are lying punks. Being that as it may, the families of the National Rifle Association who communicate with our elected officials because we believe in the God-given individual right to keep and bear arms that's guaranteed by the Second Amendment of the Bill of Rights. Robert, hello! So, mm-hmm. so yes, I'm going to speak on uh, Sunday the 5th in Houston, and then I get on my buddy's jet and fly right to Atlanta that night because I have a concert in Atlanta on Sunday as well. Wow, you got one busy schedule. Well, yeah, let me ask- I'm a busy, busy guy. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an actual We the People American where I know that the government works for me, and I'm trying to remind them of that. You know, just to digress for a second, there was an interview I saw a while back, and somebody asked you if you would ever run for a political office. And I think your comment was, is you're too busy rocking and rolling and doing your concerts, and then, of course, you know, the hunting and everything like that. And then, of course, being the most important thing, a father and a family man. Absolutely. Well, and not only that, but if you really examine my scout, if you go to tednugent.com, I write for uh, three of the most powerful conservative websites Rare.us. Everybody should write down rare, like in meat, R-A-R-E dot U-S, W-N-D, WorldNetDaily.com, and Newsmax.com. So I'm performing the most important responsibility of an American. I function as an activist, we the people, letting the government and the media know when I spotlight cockroaches and their lies that we the people are waking up to their deception and the Barack Obama gang of deceivers and scammers. That's really what the president and and the vice president and the attorney general are. They're a bunch of scam artists. So that's my job as we the people. So I think that's the most important office on planet Earth, to participate responsibly and aggressively and honestly and forthrightly and consistently as we the people to remind this damn corrupt, out-of-control government that they work for us.
Absolutely. And uh, so to answer the question, would you at some point in time in your career ever consider running for office? Well, you know, like I said, I, I, I'm, I got incredible health because I've been clean and sober for 64 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, the amount of time I put into my activism and my communication, my writings and my speeches and interviews like this, I do a thousand plus interviews a year. Uh, the answer is yes. I would if enough we the people um, requested and, and prodded me to do so, and if my family and I determined that my uh, run for political office would bring about a wake-up call uh, for America and to return to the basics of what made this great nation the greatest quality of life in the history of the world, the, the U.S. Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Ten Commandments, and the Golden Rule. And yes, listeners of Robert today, yes, I'm a human being. In fact, I'm a perfect human being because I slip once in a while. So get over it. But <laughs> I learn from my mistakes, and I conduct myself to the very best and responsible way that I possibly can. So yes, I would run for office if all powers, that is, the people in my family decide I should. Well, I'll tell you this. I still have the Ted Nugent for President bumper sticker on the back of my Ford, my mighty diesel-guzzling Ford Excursion. So just to let well, you know. God bless you. Love the Ford Excursion. <laughs> yes, I'll, I'll bring my little 75 Ford Bronco that has a uh, giant pipeline connected to a Saudi prince's ass sucking raw crude <laughs> right now while we're speaking. And uh, maybe we can get it to breed with your excursion because my little Bronco is a dainty she-gal. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of which, now, how many Broncos do you have now in your stable? Because I know you collect those. You used to race them. Tell us a little bit about those. Yeah, God, I was got it. Am I the luckiest guy in the world? I got to bow hunt with Fred Bear for probably 40-plus years, uh, almost 50 years. Of course, Fred Bear is the greatest visionary conservation hero in the history of America, as far as many of us are concerned. But I also got to play bass and jam with Bo Diddley and Chuck Berry. Are you kidding me? And I raced professionally off-road, you know, like the Mint 400 and the, the uh, Parker 400 and uh, Barstow 350, these big desert, uh, you know, crazy races. But I was trained by Parnelli Jones and Mickey Thompson, which are like Bo Diddley and Chuck Berry of the racing world. So, yeah, I, I raced... Uh, buggies, class one, class ten, and I've had Broncos. I've always loved what Bill Strop invented way back in 1966, the Ford Bronco, and I've got a 1966 half cab, uh, this outfit called buildabronco.com, and our buddies at Butler Body Shop, and, and, and Summit Racing, and Ford Racing. I mean, I've got a 66, a 75, and an incredible 80 that uh, Bill Strop built for me that's being rebuilt right now, so yeah, I love my Broncos. Well, now, there was an episode, too. Um, we talked about this the last time when uh, Stacy David, you were on the show, and uh, he was working on one of your Broncos. You still have that one, too? Or which one was I that? I do. That's the one. Uh, Stacy ran into a lot of problems with a bunch of outfits that were... Uh uh, you know, less than professional, shall we say. But there was also a bunch of great, dedicated wrench masters. And, and I got the Stacy David Zebra Bronco back just the last year. And our buddies at Build a Bronco here in Michigan, uh, you can go to tednugent.com and see the upgrades. Because I, I know there's a lot of off-road maniacs out there like oh, yes. me and you that love these incredible powerhouse off-road vehicles. But buildabronco.com is now revitalizing my Zebra Bronco. And it's going to be a bad-ass snortmobile, I promise you that. Are you going to keep that in Michigan, or are you going to take it down to uh, you know, Texas it, with you? It's in Michigan being built at buildabronco.com, but I, when it's done, I'm going, to, I'm going to probably play with it in Michigan. I'm going to you know, definitely follow the Weather Channel, and I'm going to come up to Michigan when, when Mother Nature kicks our ass with
with the worst winter blizzard she can come up with, and I'm going to lock my positive traction axles. I'm going to drive through it anyway. So I will probably drive it in Michigan and in Texas, yeah. Now tell us about your ranch in Texas there. Now that's uh, a fairly large preserve, so to speak, and you actually give tours there too, don't you? And people can kind of like uh, sign up and go hunting with you and everything? You bet. Well, you know, we have a small ranch in Texas. Our 300-acre Spirit Wild Ranch is basically considered a yard in Texas. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got buddies that own half a million acres in Texas. So our 300-acre Spirit Wild Ranch is like a, a little temple on the globe. But it's magnificent Texas country. We have incredible biodiversity and thriving wildlife. We have all the indigenous species. We have mountain lions come through the area, and we're trying to kill them. And that's the great thing about Texas. You can kill a mountain lion on site any time of year, no bag limit, as long as you have a Texas hunting license. And we kill bobcats and coyotes and red fox and gray fox and coons and possums and skunks and beavers and porcupines. And, and uh, it's just phenomenal, incredible deer hunting and turkey hunting. We also have exotic animals from around the world. We have breeding populations of scimitar horned oryx and, and Barbary sheep, owdad from northern Africa and black buck antelope and axis deer from India and Pakistan. We have fallow deer from Europe. It really is an amazing piece of ground. Incredible duck hunting and squirrel hunting and rabbit hunting and some quail and great dove hunting. But our real big property, over 2,000 acres, is up here in Michigan. We donate a lot of hunting trips with Uncle Ted to military charities and children's charities every year. And people who dig the deepest and are the most generous uh, get to go hunting and jamming around the campfire with Uncle Ted and Shemaine. And and we do that numerous times each year to raise money for the heroes of the U.S. military and their families, and every children's charity that you can imagine. So, yeah, we, we donate a lot of hunting trips for those charities. That's amazing. That it really is. Now it really that- is special. You, you share a campfire with a little boy or a little girl with a, a terminal illness, and uh, really fortifies your spirit. I mean, what courageous young kids these are that we are so privileged and honored and humbled to share campfires with. And then the the most superior human beings in the world are the heroes of the U.S. military and those that get blown to smithereens. Um, we, we donate a lot of money to all the wounded warrior charities out there and our own Freedom's Angels. And you spend time with a U.S. Marine hero or a sailor or an airman or a seaman, uh, I'm telling you, uh, they're just special people, and they really make you realize that what doesn't kill you does make you stronger if your priorities are in order. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You are on the, an episode of Sons and Guns. Sons of Guns, I guess that's Yeah, what? a bunch of good guys. Will and the guys, great, great outfit, man. Great TV show. Tell us a little bit about that episode. Well, you know, everybody with a gun has a connection with Uncle Ted. Have you noticed that, Robert? Yes, 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 yes. Hey, me too. Everybody who loves freedom and and knows that self-defense is not only a right, but it's a duty. Um, And those of us that really enjoy the incredible artwork of firearms, because it is a a world-changing artwork. The the mechanics and the inventions uh, surrounding firearms development is really at the core of pretty much all great inventions that bring quality of life and, uh, and convenience uh, and security to our lives. So uh, I, I get to hang out with the world's greatest gunsmiths and Will and the guys at Red Jacket, uh, like my buddy uh, Rich out in uh, Colorado uh, that has uh, American guns. 
Uh, there's so many great programs out there. And, of course, my Duck Dynasty buddies. So anybody that loves hunting and the outdoor lifestyle and shooting and marksmanship and the, the sniper discipline and the ballistics and the, and just the gunsmithing art, we always get together. So that's always fun, you know. Well, Neil, last year you mentioned uh, George Britton, and uh, I actually got to know him. And I've actually been up there and picked up a few little items here and there. Which I won't mention on the air, but anyway, <laughs> being a gun guy, but yeah, uh, well, there are a good no, bunch uh, of people up George there. George and the guys have have a great, great outfit up there. That's in Tarpon Springs, right? Right, right up the street from. That's uh, twenty minutes from here. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody, go visit George Britton at Britton's Archery and Sporting Goods. He is the master. Plus, Florida has so many opportunities, Robert, to uh, hunt and fish and trap and shoot. So uh, George Britton's the guy to see, man. Well, the one thing he has up there, which is real interesting, is, you know, because you're a big Bogue kind of guy, and he has basically a, like a, an entry-level archery class that he teaches, and he's got this really neat setup in the back of his shop there, uh, behind the, the, the gun shop, and it's basically like a mini, uh, I don't know, you know, like a little woods type thing, an environment type thing, and he's got sure. uh, deer back there, and he's got some landscape and stuff, and so people can kind of get a uh, rough idea of uh, what it's like to actually go and, and hunt in the wild, so to speak, and it's a good training ground. Yeah, you bet. Well, archery is, is quite a discipline. I've been shooting a bow and arrow longer than I've been playing guitar. Um, I think like every kid born in the 40s and 50s and 60s, everybody got a Daisy Red Rider BB gun and a mm-hmm. whammo slingshot and a bow and arrow. So I just never put those down. I always was fascinated by projectile management and the discipline of aim small, miss small, especially with the mystical flight of the arrow. And that's what George Britton really specializes in, is introducing people to the incredible zen, the, in, the incredible higher level of awareness that archery and the archery discipline is. I'm going to tell you, you know, when I turned down all the hippies, especially the pretty girls, with their drugs and their alcohol and crap, their nonsense, drooling, puking, suicide party back in the 60s and 70s, it was because my dad raised me, disciplining me, to aim small, miss small, you know, with firearms, responsible firearms handling, and ultimately archery. So anybody listening right now, I'm not kidding. No matter what your joys and passions are in life or your career, get a bow and arrow, especially with George Britton, because you have to start with a lightweight bow, and it's got to be properly set up. But when you start with the properly set up equipment, you will be fascinated by what the hand-eye and spirit coordination of the discipline of archery will teach you. It's really powerful. I'm sure that no one in the world could have possibly played and created stranglehold if they didn't shoot a bow and arrow because there's a primal scream with that that mystical flight of the arrow that really brings out a higher radar capability, a higher level of awareness of your surroundings and where you fit in this planet and with your family and friends and the workplace. So, yeah, archery is incredible. It's still... This morning, Robert, I already shot 100 arrows this morning. I mean, I take my bow on the road with me, and I just love it now more than ever at what age would you say would be a good comfortable uh time for children if you're going to get your children involved in uh, archery well you know i uh, my grandchildren start when they're like two or three really i mean i get a little tiny kid's bow or, or typically what i do robert is i take my grandkids into the woods and we make a bow out of a, a small sapling and we yep. get little arrows they're fascinated by poppy cutting down little saplings and getting a string and, and bending that bow and tying the string on and then getting a little stick, a little sapling stick and whittling it to as straight as you can and notching it at the end and then sharpening it and then teaching them how to knock that arrow on the string. I'm telling you, all my grandkids are 
fascinated. And we have a Ted Nugent camp for kids that we've had for 24 years, and we've graduated, I think, over 15,000 boys and girls between the ages of 7 and 15 into the world of hunting and fishing and trapping and conservation and marksmanship discipline with air rifles and with archery equipment. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it, there's never, it's never too early. But you got to do it right, and you got to do it safely. Make sure that they're always pointing that sharp arrow, or even a suction cup arrow, always pointing it and shooting it in a safe direction and under the proper guidance and, and always conscientious of where that projectile is going. But if the Motor City Madman can do it without any injuries, then anybody can. You know, it's funny you mentioned that, because when I was a little kid, I grew up in Northern California, north of Marin County, and, you know, we all, in the sixties, we always watched cowboys and Indians. That's what you did. So, you know, sure. somebody would either have their little Mattel bang, bang, shoot them up, you know, little pop guns, or we'd And go, I was always the Indian. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And that's exactly what we did. We went in the woods. We found a, a limb of some kind. We kind of cut it down to size. We notched it. We took some string. We made a bow. We took some, uh, little branches. We cut them down. We, you know, kind of blended the ends a little bit so it wouldn't hurt anybody. And we shot with them. I mean, that's what you did. And that was, sure. and it was harmless back then, you know? It's still harmless today, but you probably have some government agency come in and arrest you. So yeah, it's really crazy out there. America's going to hell. Uh, we're in the we're in the control of a bureaucracy run, uh, uh, corrupt government and, and power abusing government. Actually, uh, we have the highest. Uh, offices that are guilty of crimes. I mean, whether it's Eric Holder running guns to the Mexican drug gangs or the President of the United States and the uh, Hillary Clinton refusing security uh, for American citizens in the most dangerous areas in the world on the anniversary of 9-11, causing the death of American citizens. I really believe that uh, uh, the top officials in the U.S. government are criminals. I believe that they should be arrested and tried, and they kind of sent, send a message that agencies like the, the jackbooted thugs of U.S. Fish and Wildlife raiding Gibson guitars and raiding Amish farms for selling raw milk and raiding Arkansas bottled water companies. I mean, uh, if, if the average American was aware of the criminality in our government. I mean, Barack Obama voted for partial birth abortion legality. Now there's a butcher, a butcher in Philadelphia who has murdered live children, not in the womb, on the table, severing their spinal cords, which a lot of your listeners don't even believe what I'm saying because so many Americans have their head up their ass and the media won't share the murdering butcher in Philadelphia. I can't even think of his name right now. He's such a punk. And he, he, he murdered live babies by cutting their spine. But Robert, if he'd have shot him with a pistol, it had been all over the news. But because we have women's reproductive rights to murder helpless children on a table, nobody hears about it because they didn't use a gun. You've got to be kidding me. Well, you know, while you're on the subject, and I didn't know whether you wanted to get into this or not, but uh, let's just take Waco here last week. What exactly? And you're close to that, aren't you? The well, explosion? those are my friends. Uh, we live in uh, just outside of Waco, and the heroes of uh, volunteer fire departments were the first on the scene, and we lost some of these heroes, Henry uh, Roberts. So we're going to be uh, we're going to be uh, doing fundraisers. Shemaine is already doing some Zumba uh, fundraising events, and I'm going to be doing some fundraising events uh, for the heroes who uh, who lost their lives in West Texas from this explosion. It's too early to say the cause of it. I believe there was some. Uh, irresponsible ineptitude at the base of it. Um, we will find out. 
but I think between the Boston bombings, if you really, if you guys think if you go to my website, you can see that the governor of uh, Massachusetts and the mayor of Boston actually uh, helped fund the building of a mosque in Boston and supporting Islamist extremists. Now, if people think I'm off my out of my mind saying this, do the research. Go to tednugent.com and watch how the governor of Massachusetts and the mayor of Boston supported Islamist extremists to build a mosque, and now they're tracing the origins of some of this radicalization right to the Islamist mosque in Boston that the government of Boston helped create. So, I'm telling you, it's like Planet of the Apes meets One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, um, <laughs> what's going on in our government right now. But again, if everybody's all comfortable and they got their six-pack and they're smoking their dope and going to a ball game this weekend, and that's all that matters, well, thanks for nothing. <laughs> Let's talk about guns for a little bit. I was watching one of the shows where you were talking about the STIs, and they're actually made right there in Texas, right? You bet there's a bunch of great gun companies, LaRue Tactical and STI. They make some of the greatest firearms in the world, real art artisans, just real master gunsmiths and, uh, and ballistic mad scientists that create some of the best firearms in the world. But there's so many great guns out there. We have a bunch of guns. We have Taurus that is now located down there in Florida, and Taurus Arms makes world-class firearms. And there's no bad guns out there. The only bad guns are unloaded guns. Um, and so... And <laughs> And, and guns that are being melted down by, by by corrupt government agencies, or they're they're buying back guns that gangbangers steal to get money from the government. <laughs> I mean, Robert, you got to be kidding me! So yeah, guns are cool. Only bad people are bad. What about the status of ammo? Is ammunition going to be an issue here in the future? What do you think? Well, we now produce the Ted Nugent line of ammo. Uh, okay. It is the hardest hitting, most accurate ammo in the world, and that's really saying something because all the ammo on the shelves nowadays is, is state of the art, world class ammunition. But there is a shortage, and we're trying to get to the bottom of it. I know for a fact that American citizens are so distrusting of Barack Obama and the gun running attorney general and the uh, the uh, anti American, anti freedom scourge of the gun grabbers out there that will claim you don't care about children's lives because we didn't support a background check law that was bogus and a dirty, rotten scam that would not have saved one child, one life, or stopped one crime. It's just out of control. So American citizens are buying more guns and more ammo than any society in the history of the world because we are absolutely not trusting our government. So we're buying up the guns and the ammo that we think they're out to ban and confiscate. And we're sending a very powerful message by we the people with this firearms and ammunition consumer orgy, don't tread on me. We're hip to your lies and your scam, President Obama, and we're going to buy more guns and ammo than any people in the history of the world. So why don't you learn uh, what the Second Amendment is about and go after the paroled felons and the gangbangers in your home of Chicago where you have a gun-free zone and the most innocent lives lost every day in North America. Robert, you got to be kidding me. No, I, Hey, we're on the same page. You know, for our listeners, okay, go ahead and define gun-free zone. So, because a lot of people don't exactly know what that is. I do, but you go ahead and tell us. Well, I mean, uh, President Obama and Mayor Daley and now Mayor Rahm Emanuel are so corrupt. Of course, the the, the, the other governor of of Illinois, 
Blagojevich and Ryan, they're already in federal prison, and I think Quinn probably should go there, and so should Mayor Daley, and so should Rahm Emanuel, but they have a gun-free zone. You're not allowed to touch a handgun. You cannot own a firearm in Chicago. And since you and I got on the phone, I'm sure many gangbangers on parole, just like the gangbanger on parole for his second felony arrest, gun violation arrest, who shot the cheerleader that Barack Obama spent millions of dollars to send Michelle Obama to pretend she cared. Hmm. When they created the gun-free zone and a failed court system that let this paroled gangbanger out to shoot the innocent child. So the gun-free zones are where the idiots in our government have forced people into unarmed helplessness. And in every instance where the most innocent lives are lost, Robert, they're lost in gun-free zones. Columbine, gun-free zone. Virginia Tech, gun-free zone. Aurora Theater, gun-free zone. Sandy Hook, gun-free zone. Are you kidding me? So now that we know the most innocent lives are lost, every time in gun-free zones, we have a president, a vice president, an attorney general, and a bunch of corrupt monsters in government that actually want more of them. Conversely, FBI, UN, and every Center for Disease Control study, every violence study, every crime study concludes where more citizens have concealed weapons permits, that is, loaded guns per capita, there is not only a, a, an incredible reduction in violent crime, but some personal assault of crimes like rape and carjacking, they don't go down, Robert. They go away. So you have a choice. A gun-free zone where guns are banned, where the most innocent lives are lost every time, or we the people exercising our God-given right to keep and bear arms where violent crime is dramatically reduced. Are you kidding me? You mean to say that our president is going with the example and the model and the proof where more innocent lives are lost? He wants more of that? Robert, this is insanity. <laughs> Amen to the Second Amendment. Amen. Well, God bless the NRA. Well, Robert, I'm getting ready to jump on a plane to go rock and roll tonight. They need me on that hill. So thank you for your time. Thank you for your support of logic and common sense and in the American way in this tragic and embarrassing soulless culture war. God bless everybody out there who's a member of the National Rifle Association. If you're not a member, please join. If you have friends and family and coworkers and people at church and school who are not members of the NRA, give them a membership. We need more people to wake up that when you're forced to be unarmed and helpless by a corrupt government, you are a victim waiting to happen. And, uh, and I know Florida led the way with the great Marion Hammer down there and the great work of the National Rifle Association. So uh, Florida and, and America, we need to save innocent lives. And the best way to save innocent lives is to ban gun-free zones. But Robert, thank you for raising hell and carrying on. You're doing God's work, and I appreciate the opportunity to join you. Thank you a lot. Hey, Ted, would you be willing to come on again sometime? Absolutely, man. I love Florida, and I love what you represent. Okay, well, you take care, and we'll see you next week at the concert. All right, man. Get ready to rock and roll. God bless Florida, God bless America, and God bless the U.S. military and their families, because freedom is not free. All right. Take care, buddy. Thanks, Robert.
Well, 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 I want to thank my special alumni guest, Ted Nugent, for taking some time out of his busy, busy schedule to spend a few moments with us again. Hey, remember, for all things Ted, go to his website, tednugent.com. And don't forget, this weekend at the Florida State Fairgrounds, the Funshine Music Festival, Ted Nugent, Ario Speedwagon, and Sticks on the Midwest Rock and Roll Express. Should be a great concert. In the meantime, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Be sure and tune in next week. Tell all your friends. Visit our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com, and like us on Facebook. In the meantime, stay safe, drive carefully, love your family, and we'll see you at some of the car shows. Oh, yeah. Be sure and tune in to our show next week, our three-year anniversary show at 3 p.m. in the afternoon here at WTAN AM 1340.